Hi, friends. Welcome to The Butter Dish. Before we dive in today's episode, just wanted to thank you and take a moment for being here with us at The Butter Dish. Heidi and I kind of can't believe that we've got a podcast, but whether it's episode one you're joining us for or 31, we are incredibly grateful for your open-mindedness, your patience with us, as well as your willingness to evolve and change the way that you think or consider the way that you think. So without further ado, we want to introduce you to episode 31 with our friend Amber Brzezicki of Biceps After Babies, where we talk all about quitting. Enjoy the episode. Well, hello, guys. Hi. Are you going to do your singing thing? Teeth and the the tongue. I can't remember it. I have to look it up again. All right. So we are hanging out today with you, just each other. That's right. Talking about confidence. So we asked last week on Instagram, what is the feeling or the emotion when you say that you feel your best at a certain weight? Because when we do work with our clients and custom macro accounts, a lot of people say, like, I, I want to be this weight because it's when I feel my best. And so we went on and asked a little bit about, like, what does that actually feel like to you? Like, besides the number and all mm-hmm. that. And so I'm just going to read you a couple of responses. Comfortable, confident, strong, beautiful, confident, confident, effortless, confident, pride, gratitude, strong, proud. My clothes fit better. My clothes don't pinch me. Confident, strong, confident. I feel confident in my clothes, comfortable in my own skin and confident. Confident, tight, energetic, not bloated or puffy. Confident, confident, not fat, confident. Confidence and pride in my body, feeling confident. Do you think there's a theme, Heidi? (laughs) I'm starting to notice one. A little bit of pattern, a little Mm. bit, right? So I think what we're seeing here is that there's a correlation between weight loss and confidence. What we kind of want to talk to you guys about today is like, is that really the truth? Does losing weight equal confidence? Does being... X amount of pounds on the scale equal confidence. And the tricky part of it is, is the answer is kind of no. <laughs> well, there's a couple different, there's a couple different levels to this too, but right. So anytime we are, we are looking to something outside of ourself to tell us our worth or to tell us, okay, are we're okay. That's a condition, right? And conditional self-acceptance is actually not confidence at all. So a lot of us, and it's, Maybe you've had a crisis or two in your life that has shown you this. When you when you have what you thought was a self esteem pillar that gets knocked out from underneath you. Maybe your, you know, obviously weight gain, or maybe your parenting is criticized. Maybe you have a financial disappointment, or or you something like that. exactly right. And then and then we take that as a hit to our personal confidence which is just interesting, right? Because if confidence is an inside out job, then how can that be? So what we wanted to do is establish like, what is confidence anyways, right? So we went to our all-knowing Google yes, of course. and searched the word confidence. And I think the definitions of it will kind of amaze you. And we're going to kind of base our podcast here today a little bit around the definition of it, breaking down kind of what these things mean um, individually and mm-hmm. um, possibly to you. And then also share a couple of personal anecdotes about like when we've actually had times where we've believed that weight loss or believed that some kind of transformation would be key for our confidence and in reality- Mm-hmm. It wasn't what we thought. Absolutely. So, so let's start. Yeah. Confidence is defined as the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. Firm trust. 
Well, that's pretty funny because I think what it comes down to is the failure belief that one can rely on something, someone or something like the scale and that firm trust is in the scale, that the scale can tell us whether or not we're worthy or not, right? How many times do we believe like, oh, well, if the scale tells me that, then I can feel good about myself. But if the scale doesn't tell me that, then I don't get to feel confident about it myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So there's a couple other definitions that we want to go through too. The state of feeling certain about the truth of something. I think this is where we see the, the, these two things in combination, I think is par- partially what muddies the water of your weight being part of your personal confidence. You feel certain that you're that a certain you feel certain about a, a specific weight telling you some about how you look, telling you that maybe you're safe from other people's judgments, telling you that you can um we there was one response that said, when I'm at this weight, um, I feel my best and it's effortless, which I thought was a super interesting uh a super interesting comment because what is the effort that you don't that that you don't like putting forth at any other weight, uh, which brings us to a synonym for confidence, which is self-assurance. And so when you're talking about what is it, when I'm, when I'm X weight, I can feel good and it's effortless. When I'm a different weight, I can't feel good without effort. And in my opinion, I think the effort that you're, they're talking about is self-assurance and a lot of it being able to reassure yourself, comfort yourself, soothe yourself, um, re reinforce the other different amazing qualities that you have that are feeling, you know, your sense of self that's feeling threatened by this disappointment in conditions. And the tricky part about that too, is like when you believe that this weight it says the certain about the truth of something like you believe that the truth is that you are unacceptable at any other weight except for this one or mm-hmm. or within a one or two pound range or you're not acceptable if you can't fit into these jeans or you can't show up the way that you want to that truth becomes so paralyzing to you that that's all you believe in mm-hmm. and what's tricky about that is like is it true right have you thought to question that or is it just a, a firm belief that that this is what it is i think you know we seen this a lot. People think that weight loss looks like, you know, 160, not confident, 159, not confident, 158, not confident, 157, not confident, 156, confident. It's like, if that really was the truth, then why is weight loss so subjective and like, and fluctuating and, 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 and unreliable? Like if, if the only way that we can feel good is if we, if we fit into these like numbers that like are the gravitational pull of our body tells us, then how is that really fair? Are we not meant to ever be confident without like a certain number on the scale, like, do we really believe that's true? And I think if you're willing to question it, then the truth that you really believe in, I think you'll find that like, it's probably not that. So then what is it, right? Like, what is this, this feeling that we believe that like weight loss gives us, right? Is it, is it the pinnacle of our abilities? Like, do we believe that like, you know, I think a lot of times we unfortunately judge people based on like their weight, right? Like their, mm-hmm. their life is going great. They're fit. They're, they're thin, they're whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if they've gained weight, we think, Oh gosh, something's been going on with them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are things that society tells us and also our own personal judgments reflected from our own selves on other people too. And so I think if you actually took the time to like, look at like, what does a confident person look like to you? Is it really their weight or is it how they carry themselves, how they see themselves, how they present, how they show up? Because the tricky thing is, even if you do lose this weight, get back to some weight or whatever, or to reach this goal, 
the way you show up is going to still be inherently the same. Totally. Totally. Because uh, your, your thoughts are what create your feelings. Your feelings drive your actions. So if you're approaching weight loss from this point, this, this standpoint of like, I, I have to fix myself and you're think you're trying to motivate yourself with self-critical thoughts. That is what you are practicing. You are practicing the, because a belief is just a thought you think over and over again. So if you tell yourself you're disgusting, you, you have, you have so much work to do that. And that's what you keep repeating in your mind. You read that and you, and maybe it might adrenalize you into action in the short term. Although think that there's going to be a full circle moment where it's actually more defeating and paralyzing and actually make ends up, you end up sabotaging yourself. But let's just stay here for a second on this, on this thought being motivating to you in the short term. So then you're, but that, that is what you're practicing. So let's say, even if you did lose weight, you still arrive at that. What did you count it down from 160? You still arrived at 156, reinforcing the belief that you are something, you are a problem to be fixed. So when you get to 156, it's not, you might have the absence of that critical of, of the, of the, of your criticisms about your specific body parts, but that pattern of thought will still be there. So then it might be, you need to fix your, you know, some other part of your body or some other part of your, some other part of your life. You're going to redirect that unsatisfied, never good enough, shamey sort of thought patterns in other areas of your life. So you will be on that hamster wheel on that hedonistic treadmill forever. So let's do a little bit of story time right now. Mm. So some of you might have heard about um, some cuts that we did about, was it two years ago? I think so. Yeah. so long ago. Um, the 2020. The 2020. The, the so, 2020. Right. So the year of the pandemic. The year we saw we, everything clearly you know, for the first time. <laughs> Honestly, it probably was probably the most um, profound deficit I've ever done besides my very first initial one when we started counting macros. So we had, you know, we had just gone into a global pandemic and our CrossFit gym was closed and we had decided to bodybuild um, in Heidi's garage. And it was great. It was a great practice. We spent a lot of time with, you know, Mark Carroll. We did uh, the Art of Gen Pop transformations, really getting into like bodybuilding. Mm -hmm versus like CrossFit. And for those of you um, who know a little bit about like, you know, building muscle, it's you, you want a hypertrophy based progressive overload program, which will actually like manifest in like aesthetics, right? This is really what it, the whole point of was like, we're going to take the pandemic, we're going to exercise, we're going to work out, we're going to get our, strong get and get strong yeah. and start our aesthetic journey. right? And so after we finished that, and we were heading in towards the end of the year, we decided for the first time, like we were going to actually hire a coach to get us these incredible transformations. And so we signed up with coach Glenn Carroll, who is Mark's brother. And for me personally, and I'll tell my, my story and then Heidi can tell hers and then we'll probably ping in between them. I was, I had this belief that like, okay, so I had already been, you know, crossfitting for a couple of years. I had a nice foundation of strength. I had done, you know, Mark Shanpot program. I was fully ready to have this transformation. Now, for those of you who are on Instagram, you know that transformations are a big part of this industry and they definitely lend credibility to some, not all, right? <laughs> and I'm sure as you've noticed, like we've talked about it a little bit before and there's definitely, you know, filters and editing and things like that, but there is a little bit of imposter syndrome when you are in the sphere if you don't look a certain way. And so I had never had the belief that like I looked a certain way. Um, obviously, something from the beginning where I always thought like I was fat and ugly, but, you know, after having 
you know, some profound weight loss and then being able to put some work in and starting to see some muscle development. I was in my mind ready for this complete transformation because it would give me more confidence on Instagram to feel like I contributed. Like it's like, oh yeah, so my brain is freaking awesome, but like, let me have my body air quote, finally show up for me in the way that I wanted it to. And the work that I knew that I was willing to put into it. So initially when we both signed up with him, we started out in a deficit and I had actually already done one earlier that year. Actually, I had done one, I believe it was like February to April and it was a nice, um, I'll call it a textbook cut. And what I mean by that is that I started at a very like, um, moderate deficit and every week I had some loss and it just trended down really, really nicely. And I think I had lost about like 10 pounds or 12 pounds from that deficit and got out to maintenance and continued lifting and all was right in the world. (laughs) And so that, I don't know, I don't know if that was like my first problem was that like I, I had in mind that like I had this generally because I have fantastic adherence, I would, I would have an easy time doing a deficit in whatever circumstance. So I was really ready. I knew that I was willing to commit to his program for me. I was going to be able to fulfill it. Um, I definitely pride myself on having an incredible work ethic as well as adherence. Um, I would consider myself a laser cutter in the sense that like I am pretty exact and I'm willing to do the work. And so my belief and my confidence in that I was, would be able to execute it was really motivating to me because I felt like, here we go, Nat, we're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to finally do it. And so getting into, um, programming with him, it, I, I did start out like at a 1300 calorie balance and keep in mind, please, that like any numbers we throw out, this is literally for us. This is what our, the coach had decided for us. This is not something you need to pattern yourself on. And arguably you maybe hopefully won't because you'll realize <laughs> like the end of the story for myself. But, um, I basically did it for about 12 weeks and he ticked down as I was not seeing, um, a rate of loss that he liked to, I ended at 1195 calories with an 18,000 step target, daily step target and five days of lifting. Now you might hear that and be like, easy, or you might hear that and be like, what? (laughs) Either way, it was a lot. It was a lot for me, um, physically, emotionally, and mentally. And I was not seeing what I thought I was supposed to be seeing. So obviously my confidence started waning as I realized that like, not only was I not going to have this like Instagram level transformation, but I also wasn't sure if maybe that work ethic that I had prided myself on so much, um, it's something that I had actually based my confidence on throughout my life because I wasn't super pretty and I wasn't thin, um, but I was a good worker. I was a hard worker. I was diligent. All of a sudden started to crumble because I was not getting what I thought I was and I was putting the work in. So my confidence was really taking a hit. Um, and I think that what's interesting about the whole experience is that I probably have never felt so defeated in my life about something that I really thought I had intentions and things that I wanted and honestly felt like I deserved. I felt like I had gotten to this point where I was like ready to, to be this um, and that that would buy me a seat at the table or maybe not feel so much imposter syndrome. And so as this process went on and as we got further and further into it, I found myself feeling less and less confident about things that I had originally been confident in. And it really was super damaging. So I didn't actually get what I wanted, which was to be, you know, (laughs) to have aesthetics, to have like, you know, more defined back or, or even the pounds. I think I ended up only losing about 10 pounds, which was really interesting considering my very first steps earlier that year had been way more fruitful and way less painful with less steps and, and less exercise. 
And so it put me into probably the first time I've ever been in like a very disordered headspace. Like I found myself napping so I wouldn't have to eat. I found myself depressed more, sad more, sleeping like crap, like really, really, really down on who I was. And this belief in myself, right? This confidence and the self-assurance that I used to have, um, even though I didn't have the physique that I wanted, was no longer there. And it required uh, probably, I mean, I arguably still... Um, trying to play catch up from that kind of experience. But I will say that for those of you who believe that like getting to this place where you feel like you'll feel good enough about yourself or that you're worthwhile or that you're willing to do it, you're willing to pay the cost that it takes to be lean or whatever. And you've heard us talk about like the cost of being lean, but I will tell you that the cost of being lean, the cost of wanting to be lean and the cost of maintaining leanness are all different things. And there is a part where like, no matter how much you want it sometimes, it's just maybe not meant for you. And what's tricky about that is if your confidence is hinged on that and the ability to get that thing. And if you're not, whether it's like a job promotion, right? It's like, oh, well, once I like get to be, you know, CEO or whatever, like I'll have made it. Or once I get, you know, this much or this paycheck or, or this house or this car or, you know, whatever it is that like we decided in the future that will make us like feel like we've made it or we've met this pinnacle or these conditions that allow us to feel good about ourselves and we don't get them really can really attack even what little confidence you have in like your decision-making and who you are. And so when you hear, is the juice worth the squeeze? I have to honestly tell you that you might have to look at it and be like, it might not be. The circumstances and conditions of my life are actually not meant to be super lean. I'm not meant to live at 1100 calories. I'm not meant to, you know, do all this because in the end of the day, it's like, I was okay as is, and I'm still okay. But realizing that like what I had thought my confidence was going to be like almost cemented in was not the case, definitely shook like how I felt about myself. Totally. Well, and it's interesting too, how, you know, approaching that whole experience from, I'm, t- I'm tired of feeling this. I'm, t- I'm tired of feeling this imposter syndrome. I'm tired of not liking this feeling. I, it's, um, I want it to be effortless. I want to, I want to be able to be, you know, I want to be done. Yeah. I want to have that. I yeah. want Yeah. I reject this feeling. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, but, but, but instead of questioning it, it's like, you know, which, we, we double down and we say, okay, then we'll fix it. Right. I'll become a better version of myself. We hear this all the time. And sometimes, you know, we say it, we say it sometimes too, without realizing there's a more than one way to interpret that statement, right? Like I'm going to improve myself. I'm going to become a better version of myself that can sometimes come that can sometimes feel like you're judging right like this prior version of yourself and you know let's say what if the cut had been successful right then would you be like one of those influencers who are like just put in the work ladies and then you'll be perfect like me right like i'm better than people who aren't like this i'm better than the version of myself before and that better than worse than thinking Like you have to have both. If you're going to think you're better than people, then that means you also some of the time are going to have to think that you're worse than worse than people, as opposed to true humility, which is thinking that you're amazing. And so is everybody else. That's such a great point. And I think I didn't even realize like that's what I was trying to do. Right. I was trying to like, I don't know why I believe that like this would put me in a position of like, 
I don't know, is it authority or even what the word is when in reality, I didn't need to earn that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need people on Instagram to like, like my body. I need to like my body. Totally. Right. It is, right. It, it, right. It's like, like what Byron Katie says, you don't need, you don't need to like me. That's my job. Right. And I yeah. think I didn't really truly believe that until I had this experience because the coming out of this scenario, it's like really about like, do now, like, what do you really want? Like, what do you really like about yourself without this piece? Right. Yeah. And yeah, there's a possibility I'll go my whole entire life and I'll never, ever have like a super jack back. But you know what? I'm okay. <laughs> well, and it's just so interesting too. Like as close as we are, as similar as we are, even doing these phases at the same time, having very different re- reasons and not even totally being self-aware of those reasons, right? Like nobody is a hundred percent. Whereas like you started with this idea of like getting the aesthetic results, you already felt confident in your performance as an athlete and strong enough. Whereas I came to it as I, I never felt very athletic. I mean, you smoke me in CrossFit. So does everybody else. It's totally fine. Eh. <laughs> but my, but my point is like, I, I went to bodybuilding to actually, to actually get strong. Right. And I, And I thought I, similar to the experience you mentioned earlier, uh, um, I was on office hours, not on this podcast where you were talking about something, somebody said to your daughter and she was like, wait, what? Like I, did I have a weight problem before now? This is something I have to be concerned about as we started that process with, uh, with a coach and, you know, after the bodybuilding and getting into a cut, all of a sudden I got tons of feedback on Instagram about my results, which sounds like a good thing. But then it created this whole dialogue in my mind of like, well, what was it before? Right. And oh no, what if I lose it? So that whole phase of time that we were engaged in that, it became very much a, uh, perfectionism thing, which is my, um, you know, that's my, that's my modus operandi for most of my life, right? Is I should be able to do it all perfectly. I should be able to navigate the stress of rebuilding our business. I should be able to navigate the intensive training and the coaching and preparing for a family wedding and the stress of homeschooling and I, and a calorie deficit. And I, I should be able to do it all and it shouldn't even make a ripple. Right. And, uh, instead of choosing to pull back on some of those things, I started having panic attacks, um, which was actually, and it's interesting, the same coach that we worked at, worked with made a post recently about another client who wasn't able to be successful with fat loss. And he referred to it as her body betraying her. And I thought, and and I couldn't figure out why that kind of stuck out at me or resonated with me at the time. Um, besides that being, you know, sort of a pretty, lo- pretty, pretty, pretty low blow towards your body. Like you can't lose fat and that's your version of your body betraying you. Like, I hope you never get seriously ill or anything. But um, the reason I think that resonated with me is, is I think I did feel a little bit of that when I started having panic attacks, a little bit of like, you know, what's going on? Like, why, why now? Like, why are you breaking down now? Right. And I, it ended up being like a super huge gift because I realized there's a threshold that I cannot push myself beyond. I have to start taking processing my emotions seriously. I can't just shelf things and then wait for the shelf to come crashing down. When I feel something, I need to start inquiring about it and feeling those feelings and, um, and realizing that, you know, this whole trying to look perfect, speak perfect, um, 
get, get, get master all of the things that, that that's just me trying to protect myself from shame. But there's actual like processing your shame is the secret to being a more authentic person. And it is the secret to confidence when you are with shame tells us that there's something wrong with us, right? Like that was your message, right? Like that you got from that experience. There's something wrong with you that this isn't working and that you can't get what you, what you want. And for me, the shame lesson was like, oh, you should be able to do it all perfectly. But the, both of those shame tells us that we, unless we fix ourselves, we'll, we'll never be okay. But confidence is the feeling or belief that you can rely on someone or something. So true personal confidence is when you feel those shame feelings coming up, like you take care of yourself instead of look, instead of taking on all of those shame thoughts as truth. Like, Oh gosh, I guess I am fat. Oh my gosh, I guess I am a terrible mother. Oh my gosh, I guess I am a worthless wife or what, whatever it is. I've got to fix all of those things. Instead you, that, that pings in your mind and you realize, this is shame that I'm experiencing. And you start questioning those thoughts and arriving at what is really true for you, being willing to reassure yourself, right? Self-assurance, self-confidence, self-reliance, belief in oneself, faith in oneself. These are the, this is confidence. Well, just, I love what you said because it's like the irony of like both of our experiences. And just to clarify, in case anyone's wondering, like Heidi fully got incredibly lean. She was probably the leanest she was ever been. Definitely. Aesthetically, you would have looked at her and believed like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Never so many compliments in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, which is tricky too, right? Because if we've had that experience before, then our confidence is built into the validation and the pings mm-hmm. that we get from other people. Well, and as a people pleaser, yeah, but it, yeah, I was like, how can we freeze this? You know? And so the irony about <clears throat> our, our experience is that we didn't get what, neither of us got what we wanted. It's mm-hmm. like Heidi did get the results, the physical results, but she didn't get proof that she could do it all without, right? without consequence. Right. And it's like in my mind where it's like, oh, me, you know, I, I wanted, I wanted to be worthy enough to be this person. I didn't get that at all. Yeah. In fact, quite the opposite. It destroyed my confidence even more so. Mm-hmm. And what's tricky, you know, we've been on Instagram for probably five or six years and obviously we're very much a duo and it, it is tricky. It's tricky with the comparison game. You know, Heidi mentioned like maybe my athletic abilities make her feel bad about herself and like Heidi's aesthetics would maybe make, make me feel bad about myself. And it wasn't that like we harbor ill feelings for each other. And that's not even the case. It's more of like, there's this fact that we believe that confidence comes from one or the other. Right? Oh, well, totally. in reality, we had to find our own definition of it, right? It's like, so yeah, it is definitely a more like in, and, and this is actually kind of <laughs> my injury the following year actually kind of broke that confidence. Cause at first it was like, okay, well I can't look like this, but I can perform as an athlete. Yeah. And then I got, and then I sprained my ankle and then that athlete part of me was removed. And so I didn't look like the part. I couldn't act like the part. I mean, mm. talk about like a freaking confidence, like, confident deficit and confidence I mean, talking about like shaving things but what's interesting is what has given me and the opportunity has to build confidence in other areas that have nothing to do with either it's like if i can't deadlift 300 pounds it, it doesn't mean that i'm not strong if i can't if i don't ever get a jack back or abs or whatever it doesn't mean that my body isn't worthy and this is the tricky thing is like as we go through these processes we get to examine and ask ourselves like what do i really truly believe about weight loss for myself what does you know, showing up the way I think I'm supposed to, or the way that I want to, or loving myself really, really look like to me. Like, is that really what confidence looks like to me? Or is it because I'm able to avoid my feelings and avoid the shame that I've been carrying around or avoid my beliefs and examine them and not really get into them because I've been able to band-aid my emotions with weight loss? Totally. I mean, exactly. Comparison is something that, I mean, 
we've evolved to compare. We've evolved to evaluate our surroundings and each other and compete for resources and all of that. So there's a certain amount of this that, you know, shame is also a universal emotion. The only people that don't experience shame are sociopaths. So, so this applies to you, whether or not you, whether or not you realize it, as long as you're a part of the human race, right? But so much of us have spent our time trying to avoid or outrun or fix or just stop feeling our feelings because it's hard sometimes, right? But there's being able to be self-supportive in the face of negative emotion is one of the best skills that you can develop from yourself for yourself. And it, and between the two of us, we've, we have the trifecta of the things that are supposed to give you confidence, right? So if that's how it worked, we would have that, right? Like you're saying, Oh, if only I could have a jack back or get super lean or have abs. Well, I've had those things and I'm not any better for it. And I, similarly, I'm like, if I could, if I could just be first, if I could just be super strong, if I could just, you know, have, be able to be super creative and aesthetic, do all the graphic design and aesthetic. There's so many things that I see that you have that I'm like, if I had those things, then I would feel more confident, but that's just not how it works. And you see, even in the way I'm talking about that, how quickly it creates this domino effect of like, there's something wrong with me. Everybody else has it better. If only I had those things, blah, 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 blah. As opposed to like, I'm amazing. And so are you. And I'm super grateful for all of the experiences, positive and negative, because you all know it's so ironic that we try to not feel our feelings when you learn the most about yourself from going through experiences like that. And it's, I would love for you guys to understand that like there isn't like a pillar where you never feel bad about yourself. Mm-mm. And that is what like, ironically, what weight loss should be teaching you, right? Yeah. Like what weight gain teaches you, what weight loss teaches you is that whether or not you see it on Instagram or you see it in people or your your best friend or your husband or your mother or whoever it is that you feel like there's this place that you can get to where you never feel bad or you never are meant to feel bad. It's like, how are you ever going to experience life if you're not okay with the negative emotions, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know what positive emotions are experiencing or positive, positive, meaningful times are without the negative ones. Well, totally. And, and this is all part of this whole experience with our bodies, right? It's like, if you've listened to our podcast with Julie Hanks, you know, she talks about how like the self is not a body. And I think that we have, we we believe that like, if we can control our physical self, our physical body, then our selves can be managed. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it really isn't the case. Like you get to have, you know, I've heard it referred to as like an earth suit, right? <laughs> so you get to have these kind of experiences in your physical body. So why are we using that as a reason for us to not have an experience? Right. And, you know, I, I know you're probably listening to this thinking like, okay, well, that's all fine and great and all. And like, that's nice that you come to this conclusion, but like, I still want to lose weight. And that is totally okay. Yes. We're not saying that like, you should never want to lose weight or that you can't feel better about yourself or that you're supposed to just meant to have your clothes fall tight all the time. Like we, we, yes. we are human. We fully get all those, those emotions. But we're also not saying that you have that, that you have to hate yourself in order to lose weight. Um, when we try to control our, when we try when we can't control our own emotions, we try to control everything else, right? But here's the thing: your me- your emotions weren't necessary, weren't meant to be controlled. They were made. You your emotions were meant are messages. They're meant to be understood. So asking yourself questions can not only free you from a lot of these negative thoughts and beliefs that are keeping you limited. They can also open you up to all kinds of understandings and a greater, more authentic relationship with yourself and everybody else. 
So let's talk about some action items for you guys. If you find yourself in the position that like you believe that your best is not where you are right now, or that like confidence is on the other side of weight loss for you. Even if, even if the person you're comparing yourself to is a prior version of yourself, which is usually likely because you've obviously experienced it, right? Like, oh, I felt my best 30 pounds ago, or I Mm -hmm. felt my best, you know, when I could do all these things and now I can't anymore before or before an injury or things like that. And so I think what it comes down to is like, while you are able to work on those things and, and, or while you're in the place to start working on those things, what does it mean to like, learn to love your body? We talked about this in one of our office hours today, but it's, it's not that you need to learning to love your body. Doesn't mean that I accept that I've let myself go or that like, I'm just, meant to be here, right? Let's say it's, it's not about, like, I guess I'll never yeah, be amazing. It's not about surrendering right. to like your current status as if with defeat and like deflation, right? It's more that like, I'm okay right now. Maybe mm-hmm. it's not my favorite, you know, but I'm okay. It's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and you're like, it's okay. Like <laughs> would I eat here every single day? No, but it's okay. Right. right. It, and that, that's kind of like where we need to be at. It's like, until you feel good about where you are right now, where you're going, isn't going to feel any better because it's a, it's a false sense of security that we get. Right. Cause what's going to happen if you do lose those 30 pounds again, then you're, then the confidence and you keeping it and staying there because of maybe you've gained it back before, or you've never been here before. And so you don't know how to feel about it. That is another, you're just trading one discomfort for another. You're trading your dissatisfaction currently for the hypervigilance you'll have, you'll need to have in order to stay at some future static weight. Right. Which is, I mean, one of the gifts of being weight loss coaches is we know, like, first of all, your day-to-day weight is just completely going to fluctuate. Plus we we hear all your stressful thoughts and we know that they feel true but we also know that they aren't true. And we also know that they're definitely willing to be questioned mm-hmm. or, or ready to be questioned. And so another thing you can do about your confidence in the scale or your weight or your genes or whatever is to figure out like where that came from. Where did that belief come from? Why that weight? Yeah. And how long have you felt that way? Right. Go back and like do the work to figure out where the shame started. Heidi, maybe you can explain like what kind of practice that looks like to kind of unearth like that kind of like trauma belief about that weight. Well, I mean, it could look a lot of different ways. Um, I think setting aside a a little bit of time for yourself and journaling, because when we say journaling, we mean just, it doesn't have to be, it can be a loose piece of paper that you just crumple up and put into the garbage. It doesn't have to be anything that is like in memoriam for your posterity. Dear diary. Yeah, seriously. It's just like getting, getting, or, you know, if you're a verbal processor, talk out, talk it out with someone that you trust, who isn't going to be like, you know, don't say that about yourself. Don't feel that way. Like somebody who's going to be willing to listen. Um, you know, this is definitely a opportunity to pitch Brene Brown. Cause obviously she's huge in this whole arena as well, but set aside, set aside some time to just get still with yourself and write about what it is when you started believing that your body is a problem that needs to be fixed. When did you start believing that it was, you know, good things are for everyone else and not for you, that you're, there's something wrong with you. Was it something somebody said? Was it something that, you know, we were just talking earlier with a client who was saying, you know, a lot of her beliefs, stressful thoughts come from not the things that were said to her, but that were said to a family member, right? She became super afraid of gaining weight because she didn't want to be judged or treated like that person. Or were those things said to you, right? Were you, were you bullied? Did, did your parents 
did your parents say things to you or, or with the best of intentions, this is not about finding out who the villains in your life are, but rather when did you start to believe that this was, when did this stuff start adding to your to-do list of like, well, I've got to fix this and I can't get any, gain any more of this and I need to stay this size and you know, da, 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 da. Because when we, when we get, when we go back to that version of ourselves that was wounded and that's what that was, when we go back to that version of ourselves that was that was wounded and we can make peace with that person instead of trying to shove all those memories in the shame closet where we don't talk about it and we're no no we're improving ourselves from that point right like that's that more that that uh, more inferior version of yourself we want to leave that in the past that's the wound the fact that you think that you were inferior at, think that you are inferior at a different weight that is the wound that is not something to fix that is something to unpack and understand. And that is, when we say lose the weight between your ears first, that is what we're talking about. It could also be simultaneous, I guess, but you just feel super crappy in a deficit. So it's hard to talk about feeling good when you're already feeling bad. Yeah, exactly. And if you're really good about, about practicing compassion for other people outside of yourself, mm. you know, you hear a lot, you know, we say daughter, sister, friend. And if you, if you feel like hearing certain things or the things that you say to yourself, like would really feel really crummy hearing them about somebody that you cared about, working on the compassion about other people's beliefs, help you with your own too. Yeah. Hear someone else's story. If you think like, you know, one of the comments that you guys made on Instagram was that like, you know, your grandmother who had passed away had told you at 10, like, watch out that you're not fat like your mother, that, that statement while super hurtful and, 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 and really, and really easy to internalize about your own self. If you think about your grandmother and have compassion for why she would might've said that and compassion for your mother, that her mother felt that way about her or believed that about her, that compassion piece that maybe you can't see for yourself. You can, you can see it for your mother and your grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the practice comes. Like if you have compassion about other people's versions of shame and the things that they believe in, it'll help you kind of look at your own too. It's like, so that's not really my belief, right? It's my, grandmother's belief. Totally. And those stressful beliefs, they, when they feel so real, it's just like somebody slipping on a virtual reality mask and you don't know what's there. You've seen other people discouraged and you're looking at them like, how can you say those things? So when you're being down on yourself, that's what you're, that, that, that's the situation you're in as well. So hopefully that gave you guys some thoughts about like context of confidence, but we want, definitely want, you know, what it really comes down to is that taking a look at yourself and your beliefs around why you believe that this weight or weight loss will give you confidence is really going to be the beginning of like an, a huge opening for you. And just remember if the only time you can feel confident is with conditions, it's not confidence at all. We'll see you guys on the gram. Dude, you were on fire. Uh, Amazing. Oof, you made it. The butter dish didn't melt your face. Thanks so much for hanging with us. If you enjoyed that episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, share it to your social media, or leave a comment. That all really helps. So the kids say. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at ButterYourMacros. On the web at ButterYourMacros.com. Twitter and TikTok at What's Up Butters. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>